I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all. I'm JJ. Hey, guys. It's Kat. And on this episode, we have a very special guest. She uh, is super popular on TikTok and offers a pretty unique view of the supernatural slash paranormal. It's Savannah. Savannah, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thanks all for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find Savannah on TikTok at that witch up the holla h-o-l-l-e-r your content is really cool one thing we love to find out before we jump into the episode is where our guests fall on what we call the believo meter zero meaning ghosts slash supernatural are not real 10 they absolutely are where do you fall on that scale 11 <laughs> 11 Nice. <laughs> awesome. We like a good 11. <laughs> well, Savannah, what got you into sharing your content? Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do share online? Yeah, I just kind of had one video pop off over the summer and I leaned into it a little bit. And then I was like, hey, but do y'all want to talk about ghosts? Because <laughs> let's talk about ghosts. And, and I've just been a uh, intentionally putting out more paranormal content since then um but the meat of what i produce is related to folk magic um specifically appalachian folk magic so are you from that area are you from or near the appalachian trail yeah like in the center like heart of a coal country area okay yeah Yeah. i'm not there right now we had to move but yeah that's where i'm from I'm sure you get a lot of people telling you this, but your accent is absolutely amazing. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to you. that from a uh, audio standpoint. Well, yeah. So let's kind of start with, you know, any experiences that you've had, and then we can kind of broaden it to the Appalachian area and, and, and what can tell us about that. So how old were you when you first experienced something supernatural? 
I was so young that I only have very, very vague memories. I was, I was probably only like one. I'm a medium, uh, just naturally born. I don't know. It's just started off weird. Things started off weird right from the get go. And they've been weird ever since. <laughs> and, um, it's just always been like another sense for you. You haven't known anything yeah. different than that. That's cool. No. Is that like honing your medium skills? Is that something you've had to work on or has it always been like pretty clear and natural? Um, It's always been natural, but it has been something that has kind of ebbed and flowed through different mm -hmm. phases of life, specifically during like the first time I got pregnant, everything mm -hmm. just went away, like oh, all at once, like almost overnight, all of a sudden I could not see or hear anything I was not dreaming anymore everything was gone and I'm like I don't know what is going on what did this kid just like sucked all the gifts right out of uh. me I don't know what is happening but it came back with a vengeance with the next child and that oh. child is also gifted so oh. whereas the first one he has no interest he does not believe in anything at all uh -huh. um so I don't know it's it's weird it's wow. weird kind of how it's just naturally done its own thing I've never thought about it like with pregnancy um I've heard pregnancy dreaming can be really wild with like yeah. all the hormone increasing and stuff and that's fascinating that you have experienced one without any dreams or like any of your gifts and then boom it's all back the next one wow yeah. that's cool and so what happened when you were one to kind of kickstart all of this we lived on Shaw Air Force Base and uh, my mom noticed while I was out in the backyard, I kept trying to go to the fence and trying to get the attention of something past the fence. There was nobody there. And I kept talking about how I wanted to play with the blue man. The blue man was here to play with me. And so she's like, okay, imaginary friend type stuff. And I was like a hyper, um, hyperlexic, hyper vocal child. So I've just verbalized everything all the time. Mm -hmm. I know one sounds kind of young to be like doing that, but I could very, very clearly communicate. And then a couple days later in the backyard again, and this time the blue man is in the backyard with us, playing with us. And so that was cool. And then she's like a week later, I'm sitting at the dinner table and there's a sliding glass door to the backyard. And I'm talking about the blue man is outside the door. He wants to come inside and meet with us. Ooh. And she's like, okay, this is kind of getting a little weird now. Like that's, you know, he's just getting closer and closer and closer. And then finally one night I woke up screaming that the blue man was in my closet and he was coming to take me. Like he, he needed oh, wow. me to be with him. Yeah. So that was my first that I can kind of vaguely remember that night specifically, uh, the blue huh. man being in my closet. I always thought it was interesting that I called him the blue man because the Air Force dress uniform oh, is mm -hmm. blues. Do you remember um, what this entity looked like? I have the very, very vague memory of a young, a young man in old dress blues, um, uh -huh. probably like... 60s 70s era air force dress blues clean shaven so not a deceased member of the blue man group no, unfortunately okay. <laughs> that That'd probably would have cool. been much scarier <laughs> yeah you beat me to it i had a blue man 
<laughs> joke ready to go to. <laughs> wow. So funny and original, you too. Yeah, you know us. That's what people say. Man, you really started out with a pretty strong experience then. And did your family believe you right from the beginning? Or how long did it take for them to kind of catch on to what was happening to you? Um, They did believe me right off the bat. My parents were really young. My parents were teenagers uh, when they had me. I don't, I don't know. There was something about that connection where they were just being young kids and uh, being from Appalachia. Everybody believes yeah. In in the supernatural, we don't talk about it. That's taboo. <laughs> We're not going to discuss it, but everybody knows somebody who has seen something. Everybody has their own stories. Did you continue to have things happen that were that vivid to you? Like, was there um, something else as like a toddler that really sticks out to you that happened? In every single house that we lived in, I we just continued to have more and more experiences. Um, so we like moved from that house into the next house to get, you know, size up a little bit. There was this cat, this ghost cat that it wasn't just me, like multiple members of the family saw this cat wandering around the house, like regularly, lots and lots of shadow people all the time. The third house that we lived in on base was when we had the biggest like ordeal. My dad was stationed in Korea for a year and so it was just my mom and three kids and we had some like college students staying with us and we had some intense terrifying activity that occurred in that house that mm -hmm. most people would probably describe as demonic is that how you would describe it I have a complicated relationship mm -hmm. uh, with calling anything demonic my parents became pastors when I was in the third grade we were very heavily involved in deliverance ministry and um, mm. the, the specific flavor of Christianity that we were in, everything was a demon. Gotcha. Um, and yeah. I mean, I have seen things that I don't know how to categorize in any other way, but honestly, the vast majority of any person's home that I had to go to, to pray over and to discern what was going on nine times out of ten it was just a mental health issue yeah that we just you know well it's a demon it's all it's a demon so i'm very cautious to call yeah. anything a demon now but it was it was intense and dark and unexplainable <laughs> well savannah i would love to hear about that home that had that pretty intense activity so i was five and then i had a two-year-old sister and a newborn sister from moving in it was just kind of icky you know like you go into a place and it just feels like ugh, like I don't know what was going on before we got here but this just does not feel good the vibe's rough the first thing that anybody started to notice was that the lights in the closets would go on and off by themselves and this is old base housing these are pull chain lights that you have to pull to like really you know and you still might have to pull it a few times to get it to go everything in base housing at that point was falling apart you would hear the click of the chain and you could see you know the light coming out from the bottom of the closet and you're like okay well that's weird but all of the other houses have been kind of weird too so ignore mm -hmm. it is always the go-to just let's just you know not not pay too much attention to it don't don't tell the kids, that sort of thing. We were all saying it anyways. But it got 
super dramatic, super fast. <laughs> like we went from pull chain closets to these just hulking shadow figures just walking up and down the stairs just regularly just walking up and down the stairs we started getting in trouble a lot because my mom thought we were up running around at night we were not I mean she went as far as to like lock us in our rooms because she's like you're, you cannot just be running at all hours of the night nobody was doing that yeah uh, but you could hear it just up and down the stairs like heavy boots up and down the stairs all the time and then we started to get touched. Uh, you'd be walking by and something whoosh, pull you like towards the stairs from the top of the stair, just Oof. pull you down. Um, scratches, the overall just like depression and anger and just nasty emotion just filled the house. It was just like you walked inside and it was just this tangible darkness like yeah. all the time mm -hmm. we would be playing in the backyard and looking in upstairs and there would be a man in the window my dad's in korea <laughs> why is there a man in the window right um Ooh. yeah and that used to oh my god that used to scare the hell out of me i would go running inside screaming for my mom making sure she was okay obviously there was never anybody there you walk around there's never yeah. anyone there it got it just got really dark really fast we were getting like physically assaulted nobody could sleep and then one night my mom took us to they were having like some revival or something at church with yes they called him a prophet it's air quotes on literally all of the things uh -huh. i don't know <laughs> he yeah. knew i will say he knew something because he stopped in the middle of the service and walked directly to, to my mom and says, you need to go home right now and pray over your house. And wow. she's like, oh, okay. So she, and she just sat there like, okay, like, yeah, after church, I'll for sure, I'll pray over my house. And she's like, no, you have to go now. You're in danger. So we left. Um, why did they send this young woman with her three small children home by herself to deal with <laughs> whatever is at the house i don't right. know but they right. did and she left and she took us home and uh, she locked all three of us in my room and she started to pray and she had turned on like worship music and i could hear walking around praying over things but then this sound like thunder like this rumbly grumbly sound just kind of like filled the whole house and things started to shake things in our bedroom started to move around i had these absolutely awful clown statues um that like hung from a swing but they were like stationary it wasn't like it wasn't supposed to move they started to swing oh gosh violently of course they're clowns of, of course. course i have been yeah. terrified since then i cannot do clowns <laughs> supposed to take my kids to the circus next month don't know if i can handle it uh -oh. yeah <laughs> um, and it sounds like pounding like it sounds like someone is just punching the walls um and so she's praying and it's getting louder and it's getting louder and it's getting louder and it sounds like a freaking tornado is ripping through the house and i finally hear her scream like you have to leave now and what she says happened 
was she was on the steps it was like a set of steps and then a little flat and then a set of steps this way so she was on that little flat and she said there was just this massive black shadow at the top of the steps and she screamed at it that it had to leave and finally it ran down the stairs past her and she said she felt the wind come off of this thing and it stopped at the bottom of the steps looked back up at her and then and you heard the door front door close my god and everything kind of settled down a little bit for for a while i don't think it went away completely it was still kind of gross there until we moved Mm -hmm. but the violent part of it did stop and the fact that he sent y'all home to deal with that out of the blue yeah mom hadn't mentioned it to anyone or well i'm always curious i grew up in the church and the bible mentioned mediums but it also says never consult them but that Mm -hmm. means that if you're christian you believe in mediums and i guess where i'm going with this is like how many mediums are in the church still practicing and have oh, those true gifts oh there's tons i don't we have just like label it differently right yeah even if i don't have like a religious connection to it anymore but believe that people have spiritual connections through like mediumship they've got to be all throughout the church and stuff like that too obviously the church was a pretty big part of your your life especially around that time do you yeah. feel the kind of intense religious nature of your family ignited any of that supernatural activity? Or do you think it was more of just a way to thwart that activity? Um, I definitely think we fed into it a lot because of it. I mean, because we were raised hearing, you know, the devil is always lurking around, prowling like a lion, seeking those who he'll destroy. Uh, who he'll devour so it was like you were supposed to be on guard at all times and if you're expecting demons to be everywhere you're gonna find demons everywhere and a lot once we were teenagers and we were actively going out and like helping people which was cool we were helping people they were being helped we were taking on a lot of things we should not have been taking on especially like as a literal child should not have been doing that and we suffered for it at home like the activity that we generated because Mm. of our environment because of what we were involved in was intense and it was just bad this episode of the real hauntings real ghost stories podcast is brought to you by wild grain hey y'all it's noah daniels and oh boy i just got my box of wild grain bread and pasta my whole family has been so excited to dive in we started with a sourdough and it was amazing if you're looking to make mother's day brunch planning easier or just looking for a great gift for your mom you've got to check out wild grain order before may 6 to get your box in time for mother's day wild grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads fresh pastas and artisanal pastries every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less no thawing required the next thing up for us to try is the biscuits with our breakfast and you can now fully customize your wild grain box so you can choose any combination of breads pastas and pastries you can even build a box of only breads only pastas or only pastries if you'd like plus for a limited time you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription 
You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash hauntings. That's wildgrain.com slash hauntings. Or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. And at what point did you kind of understand that you have gifts and that you're a medium? And once you understood that, were you able to use that to, you know, we've heard mediums tell us that they can kind of turn off their ability to take in, you know, like the supernatural attention. Did that happen for you as well? I was in middle school when I realized I'm like, I definitely have these abilities, these giftings, but I was probably like 18 before I finally figured out how to put a veil up and mm-hmm. not allow things to just mess with me all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm much better at it now that I have left the church and I'm not constantly surrounded by it at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. It was, it was a strain. Well, spoiler, and- I was just about to ask you if that uh, your mediumship gifts and what you were able to see that others were not, 
if it conflicted with the ideals of the church and caused a split. But I mean, it, I don't know if that's why, but it sounds like something did. That isn't what made me leave. I attended a different church once I met my husband and his parents were the pastors. And they were very much kind of, we don't want the woo-woo here. Uh, so I had to learn how to like tone it down a lot. Thought I was doing a good job. I was not. <laughs> um, but the churches that I grew up in, it was that, I mean, I got called to go to other churches to help their pastors to figure out what was going on. My specific giftings i'm not like an evidential medium that just like i'm gonna talk to your dead grandpa and he's gonna show me birds or something i'm gonna walk into a room and tell you this happened in this room these people are involved or were involved and i can see that you are struggling with alcoholism right now or that dude she is cheating on his wife right now like that's my kind of specific mm. wow yeah i'm more i I kind of, I don't even know if I should call myself a medium, more of like a shadow worker um, mm -hmm. that I am a little more in control of now. But at that time, I was not in control of it. And I would venture to say was a bit exploited for that mm -hmm. gift. Yeah, that's kind of a story we haven't heard before on the podcast where somebody has those gifts and was kind of intertwined with the church. That's a big burden. Yeah. Th so yeah. kind of that in intense religious atmosphere was that pretty common for the part of the like where you grew up like was were churches like that all over that area oh yeah i grew up in the bible belt that's still a thing right now i've noticed there's been a big turn intentionally towards deliverance and getting more into seeing the demons and seeing the witches everywhere with the rise of people like greg locke and other TikTok pastors and that sort of thing. It's becoming mm -hmm. heavily prevalent and it's concerning, like to say the least. So yeah, yeah it's you, it's common. Do you think that like in a totally kind of cynical mindset, like that that's kind of a way to recruit younger people who may be more interested in more like new age spirituality and like more the woo woo oh, kind of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's such at the same time, this is rising up in the church, but there's also been a big exodus from the church since like mm -hmm. 2020, where people are getting more into just general spirituality and learning how to manifest and all of the sorts. And the Christian pastors that are paying attention to that are using the the Christianese versions of those yeah. things a lot more than they used to. Is your family still heavily involved with the church? I left first and my parents are on their own somewhat deconstruction journey. I don't really ask about it. I don't want to influence it in any way. I want them to naturally find whatever truths and peace they are looking for. My in-laws, I live in their yard now in my camper, they are still actively pastors. So that's mm -hmm. complicated. Yeah. And I was just about to say, what do they think about your social media presence? We don't talk about it. <laughs> 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 we, we, it's, just, it's just not brought up. 
do not <laughs> don't, don't mention it your husband's never like hey do you know savannah's got you just like kick him under the table like nope we're not going into this oh he he tries to like prod every now and then and but they just they so don't want anything to do with it mm-hmm. that it's just change the subject immediately <laughs> like let's just all pretend to be happy and we're not going to talk about it yeah not even like sure. um scripted lore about the Appalachian area like you ever bring up Bigfoot or soft now, subjects my like that? father-in-law is like super duper into um like the Bigfoot and Skinwalker Ranch shows so we've been able to kind of connect up that a little bit I'm, yes I like I have an in like <laughs> might make him like me eventually <laughs> uh, like, so that's like- that's about it I could just see you being like, yeah, Bigfoot's really cool. Do you know somebody died in that corner of your house like 30 <laughs> years ago? And he's like, ah. Yeah, it's it's always been no, don't, absolutely not. Do not talk about that. Um, well, not to harp on this part of it too much, but it's just so interesting. The thought of you as a teenager kind of being paraded around to homes to sever some demonic connection with a family or a house. Also, we all have like, deconstruction in our <laughs> yes. recent or longer past from the church so thought you're gonna be like we we all have demons in our talking about why we're like so interested in that topic because yeah. it's it feels like a very safe place to talk about it if um, you're comfortable with that oh totally yeah kind of one of my final questions about that that period of your life is there any very memorable story or is there a memorable story you could share about that time when you were going to somebody's house and you feel like you really did accomplish helping that person with something that was very intense for them or their family? Yeah. I mean, there were several times where I remember there was one person who, when I walked in immediately, I saw her, uh, her sexual assault play out in front of me um and there was some just heavy even like a physical manifestation of that grief and of that trauma was just like present in that place and at the time that was demon um but now looking back I mean she was just so overwhelmed and so traumatized like it had just taken on an almost physical form um and we were able to help her at different stages as she healed, as she got help for that, it became easier and it, the activity decreased. Um, but then there were other times where absolutely not like this person was just sick. Um, and they needed to like, maybe go to the hospital. Like this is just not okay. Um, one time I saw someone levitate that's Whoa. always a that's always a conversation starter. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> like light Was as it a like feather. A like exorcism or something like that. Uh, it turned into it real quick. Wow. Oh, wow. They start coming up off the ground, and you're like, well, this. I guess we're doing this right now. <laughs> Me and you. Let's go. Yeah. Was it just you there or other people? No, no. I was, I never went alone. I always oh, okay. had my parents with me at least, if not some other adults from the church. Mm-hmm. When that happens, are you able to see an entity causing that? Or is it just, it's happening and you know, there's something supernatural taking place? At times, um, the majority of the time when there was something that i when it was occurring and I don't have any other word for it than demon, I could literally see 
I hate saying I could see a demon. Uh, whatever it was, I could actually physically see um, the entity that was present. And so do mm -hmm. you do you immediately start verbally kind of going after or attacking that entity to stop the possession or levitation of that person? Like, how do you resolve that issue? What I allowed my role to be because they tried to kind of put me in that role for me to take the lead and me to do the casting out. And I, it was too much. It was just too much. I'm like, I'm the only one with eyes and ears on the situation. Like y'all can handle the rest. Um, I would just verbally describe what I was seeing, what I was feeling, what I was hearing, tell everyone else. I'm like, and now you guys do the thing. And so let them go into the, the deliverance part of things. And is there anything mm -hmm. that you see in like movies and media that they get right about that situation or they get incredibly wrong about that situation? It's usually, God, the majority of movies are just Catholic propaganda. <laughs> and I, I have such a hard time even enjoying them anymore, which sucks because I used to be a horror buff. Um, occasionally, they're very close to reality. But the majority of the time, it's completely overdramatized, like as to what actually mm -hmm. occurs in real life. I got you. So, for example, the movie Deliverance, I. That's not really like a supernatural one, isn't it? Deliverance? That's like people go on like a river camping or, trip am I and thinking get about the... kidnapped. Are you thinking of the Exorcist? Say, that's Exorcist. Thank you. Yeah. Dueling banjos. Sorry. I was like, wait, JJ's right. What am I thinking about? Exorcist. Sorry. We had this weird thing happen once Dueling where we had. Right. But like, that's the movie name? No, it's a song that like the little kid. That's a different movie, Dueling Banjo. That's like a YouTube video. Like an inbred kid that plays the banjo. and I know the song. Okay. I got confused with how it was related to the conversation, but I'm in. Here we go. But The Exorcist, you know, that's like, I think an example a lot of people go to. We randomly had a guest on who was not on for anything to do with The Exorcist. And she was like, oh yeah, my great uncle was one of the one of the priests. exercisers yeah who yeah. was at the actual you know so that movie for example you know with like the, the the vomit and and all that stuff do you feel like that's a little over dramatized or and the dueling uh, it's completely oh completely never seen anybody's head you know do a full 360 the i have seen people throw up like after like mm -hmm. it's almost just this like physical release I don't know why that happens. It, not to that degree, to the exorcist degree of throwing up. But I have, yeah, people do throw up sometimes. Just wow. like a normal amount of throw up. Just Yes, you know, <laughs> okay. whatever. There's the normal stomach contents yeah. already were. Right. That's a good yeah. question. There's not like a, a vortex of <laughs> no, stuff like in, the, in just the movie. Spewing, no. Yeah. We call that calling dinosaurs in my house when somebody has to vomit. I'm not sure if anybody else does that. That's so cute. first of all, thank you for sharing all of that. We yes, really dug absolutely. around. Yeah, we really dug around in that for a while. And I appreciate you being vulnerable enough to, I mean, that that's really um, one of the more fascinating things I've heard on this podcast. So thanks for sharing that. As we, we have like 15 minutes essentially to kind of wrap up here. 
I would love for you to share some of your favorite things about the Appalachian, the supernatural lore or crypto, whatever it is that really excites you. We would love to hear about that. It's definitely the goblins. <laughs> it's absolutely the buggers that are hiding in the hills that live in the cave <gasps> systems. What? That are hiding out in the old, uh, the abandoned mines. That's 100% my, like, passion for some reason well the reason is because i saw a booger when i was a child um and i've just kind of been obsessed with that since then still kind of think maybe they're aliens maybe it's some like fair folk situation i don't know maybe it's all the same thing uh but there there's something there is something in those hills that looks just like little green goblins greenish grayish goblins and that's my favorite <laughs> What would go ahead? Like how? Okay, so like aside from the color, like what? How would you describe what they look like? Um, little, short, uh -huh. um, child-sized, abnormally large head. It had these, I guess they were like ears that kind of just like fanned out. I don't recall seeing a mouth. I've I keep trying to like remember. I can't dig out any real features here other than like maybe some nose nostrils but not really a real nose always kind of hunched and like just creepy and like a weird a weird cross between a fairy tale goblin and like a little gray alien weird oh and man is, is that something we can like google to learn more about this is i'm literally doing phenomenon. this now <laughs> okay um a there's a really cool documentary series called hellier which i found as an adult and I was screaming, crying, throwing up, listening to them describe what had been seen because it was like exactly what I saw as a child. And I thought, I still kind of had thought that maybe I made that up. I'm like, even though I had seen it, my sister had seen it, my papa had seen it, his brother had seen it, we had cousins that have seen it. Many people have seen these creatures. And I still kind of thought I was making it up. There's a whole documentary out there on it. The Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins very very similar um appearance wise from what i gather uh yeah it's it's a rabbit hole it's a rabbit yeah. hole for sure yeah that's wild well if our audience wants to learn more about all this awesome content you have on tiktok learn more about you and your story where's the best place for them to do that tiktok is the best place i'm that witch up the holler uh you can check out my link tree for any other things i've got going on and all of the other places i am on the internet do you do any voiceover work? I haven't started, but now I have this equipment and I'm like, that would be super fun. So I'm looking into it. I have I, been asked about it yeah, a couple you, times. So you would be, I, I feel like you would be amazing at, at doing that. Kat and Daisy, did you have any more questions before we wrap up? Well, before we go, are you getting any like in your face bad energy from the three of us? Just have to ask before. Why did that have to be bad energy? What about good? <laughs> well, because energy? well, she said if I mean good energy too. Any big energy from us, just in trying case. to be positive and nothing super duper <laughs> overwhelming. Nothing, That's what I meant. Nothing crazy going on. See, I so, went for bad energy because I figured if it was big, it was probably more something she wanted to warn it's us. Usually about. bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that goblin behind you guys. Stop. My, my <laughs> blind cat just walked by when you said that. Yeah, she looks a little goblin-esque. So. <laughs> With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. I'm Kat. I'm Savannah.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.